hello. Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show. How are you doing? Episode 55, we are live from Naples, Florida. Live from my mother's lanai. Actually, we're live from her living room, and this room is echoey, so... I apologize if it sounds a little echoey. I don't really record this podcast with headphones, you know? I just feel like, nah, well, it's like just talk normal. Like, talk to me, talk to you. Like, I don't need the headphones on. We don't need to hear dead silence. I would, I would, though, go out on the lanai because she has a lanai, which that's, I call it a terrace, but that's a whole other thing we'll get into. But there's, um, there's a fountain outside and, uh, not on her property, like, you know, there's like a lake or a swamp, or I don't know, something with alligators and ducks floating around in it uh, outside. So um, you hear all this noise from the fountain. So I can't record it out there. Also, the other reason why I can't record it on the lanai is because, you know, I'm sure you've been to people's houses in Florida or seen the Golden Girls or whatever, or looked at real estate online. All of these terraces, everybody has these balconies, a lot of people have balconies in Florida and they're all screened in. And, um, and, and everybody has the balcony. So my mother is, her balcony, her terrace is screened in, but, and it's right next door to the neighbor on the one side and the neighbor on the other side, the neighbor's downstairs and my family's so loud and I'm so loud. So every time I go out on the lanai, my mother's like, well, you lower your voice. Everybody hears all of our business. It's like, nobody gives a shit about our business. Nobody cares. We don't talk about anything like so important. What are we in the CIA? We all have to be with the lower our voices all the time. So God forbid, God forbid. I did live from the lanai, my podcast, and she she would have a fit because the neighbors would know her business. I was like, do you think the neighbors care? Do you think they care about anything I have to say? Anyway, she's like, I want them to think we're classy people. Well, we're not. So like, newsflash, hate to break it to you. Have you seen yourself fight out for a design account in Lomans? Right. Anyway, moving on. Okay, tangent over. We'll talk about that after. Fact of the day, fact of the day, sumo oranges, sumo oranges. Do you know why they're called sumo oranges? These are oranges, they're round and 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 uh, bumpy and they have a top knot. Well, they're called sumo oranges because of sumo wrestlers. They, with the, the big round sumo wrestlers, you know, with the, the big bun in their hair, sumo oranges. Let me tell you why I'm telling you that. Because I was down in, I'm here. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm down in New Yorkers. I'm down in Florida. I go to California over, you know, and I'll be like, I'm down in California. You know, I'd, I'd go to England. I'm down in England. Meanwhile, it's across. Anyway, anyway, I was at Publix the other day. The first day I got here, I was at Publix. And, um, you know, I'm buying whatever I'm buying in there. And I'm like, oh, these oranges look so good. They have this giant box of oranges. And I actually haven't tried a sumo orange before. And... They just looked so heinous. They looked so unsightly, round things with the bump, and the skin was bumpy, and the skin almost looked like it was puffed out and and, and almost separated from the orange itself. But they said, oh, fresh in season, whatever. And they were expensive. I think maybe they were like $2 an orange. But I got them anyway because I said, these just look so good. And they were. They were delicious. They're seedless. If you haven't had one, you got to try them if you see them in the store. They're seedless easy to peel. They're mandarin oranges. And I didn't know this, but I started looking it up because my mother's like, what's a sumo orange? My grandma's like, those aren't good. I like a regular orange. All right, please, please. But this, but apparently sumo oranges, they only began shipping them to the U.S. Uh, within the past decade. I, I guess they don't grow them in Florida, but it, that's the reason why. The reason why, they, well, I shouldn't say that's not the reason. They started shipping them only to the U.S., the past decade is because prior, these oranges, they thought they were so hideous, they didn't want them to be in, you know, I guess the U.S., whoever, what is it, 
I don't know if it's the food and drug. I don't, I don't know. Who the hell, who is the food police that stands on the borders and says, this fruit can't come in, but this one can. But apparently, they were so hideous looking, they just thought, what's the point of selling them here? They wouldn't do well. So they do. They, they started shipping them to the U.S. a decade ago. Um, and they're popular. They're Japanese orange. And in Japan, they're actually given as a gift, as a gift, as a gift. They're so delicious. The fruit, it's sweet. It's sweeter than a regular orange. And, um, and it's more citrusy than a regular orange. And the best part to me, to be honest, is how quick they peel. All you do is, you know, you just peel it and the whole thing comes off. The whole skin separates from the orange bulb. Um, you don't have to dig your nails in. Your hands don't stink like tangerines for four days. Uh, and there's no seeds and there's no seeds, but they were, I think I paid, like I said, $2 an orange here. I'm, they must be in New York. I must have seen them in Whole Foods, and I probably didn't buy them because they were probably like $3.99 a pound or something. But the reason why they're so expensive is because the fruit, it takes four years for the tree to bear the fruit. So it takes four years for the fruit to, four years for the, the tree to bear the fruit. So th- that, that's why the price is so high. So, um... I actually, you know what? I don't think they, they, in Japan they're given as a gift, but they're they're actually they they send them over from California. I'm now I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the label, and I walked over to the kitchen. I'm looking, but anyway, delicious, delicious. If you see them, check them out. Sumo oranges, sumo oranges. So, how are you? How are you doing? It, I'm recording this today, and by the way, I apologize. Usually, I post my my podcast on Tuesday. But I couldn't get a word in. I couldn't in edgewise around here. God forbid I got a private moment in, in, in the condo. You know, I can't. I couldn't record anywhere. And it's not like everybody all left at one time where then I could be by myself, you know. So in Florida, um, it was myself, my sister. My my, my sister, she's uh, five years younger than me. And my grandmother and my mother, my two daughters, um, stayed um, with their father. And it was very nice of him. He... he you know, it's been, obviously, it's been a tough year, uh, tough 13 months, whatever it's been. And, um, he's going away with his girlfriend, please. In, uh, no, they should let them go have fun. They're going away at the end of April, um, for a trip. And so, uh, my mother and my grandmother and my sister were coming down to Florida. So he said, you know what, why don't you go go for uh, a few days and, and have a break and I'll take the kids, you know, I'll watch the kids. And it was really nice of him. So I'm here. And the, and the other reason is not only like a, cause he gets a break, I should get one too, sort of thing. It's really that my grandmother is 90 and you know, she doesn't travel obviously. And you, who knows when, you know, we never know when our last day is going to be. And so he felt like this was a, um, a good opportunity for a, uh, uh, some, some time with my grandmother. So I think, I think it, it was so nice of him, and it was great. I had a great time. So now I'm recording this, and it's actually Thursday. My family, they just left. They left at the airport. I'm still in the condo because my flight is later than theirs. So that's that. My mother's condo, it's pretty. It's in Naples. It's not on the beach. It's, you know, I don't know, maybe it's like 15 minutes away from the beach. Um, it's a big, she got a big place down here. You know, it's all, it's all one floor, but it's a big place. It has a garage, which is nice too. And, you know, so of course, like anywhere I go, and I'm sure like you too, I'm like, oh, like, this is nice. Like, maybe I should look at how much the prices are down here. You know, maybe I could buy something. The prices are crazy down here. I don't know if you've looked anytime soon in Florida or anywhere, but my 
my God. I mean, I know, I know, I know all the real estate prices and in, uh, in, in suburban areas have been driven up because of the pandemic. Who the hell wants to live in Manhattan anymore? Nobody. No, who wants to live in Brooklyn? Nobody. All the stores are closed. Everything's decimated. So people are going to places like this. We talked about a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, there were states that are giving you incentives to move to their state. You know, oh, if you rent, we'll give you a thousand dollars in Arkansas. If you buy, we'll give you $15,000. I mean, amazing. So anyway, my mother got this place right before the pandemic started. I think in February of 2020 or January in 2020. And, um, and she only came a few times, you know? And so, uh, and she got it for whatever she, I don't know how much she paid. Cause she, let me tell you how crazy my mother is. Okay. Let me, let me tell you something. Well, my mother bought this place. I said, she told me, obviously, oh, I bought a place in Naples, Florida. I was like, oh, wow. That's amazing. Fabulous. Congratulations. Mazel tov. How much did you pay? I'm not telling you. I said, what do you mean not telling me? I'm not telling you how much I paid. It's my private business. I said, okay. A week later, I asked her for the address for the place. Again, this is over a year ago. I'm not giving you the address. Why aren't you giving me Because you're going to know then how much I paid. So what do you expect? What's going to happen when I come here one day? I'm going to fly down to Florida. I'm going to get to the airport. And I'm going to what? Be like, oh, take me to my mother's place that has no address because she doesn't want her daughter to look it up on Zillow. Give me a break. You're crazy. So anyway... But she bought it back in February last year for whatever she paid, she paid. And, um, and, and, and the price was apparently right, you know, like it was a great deal and whatever. And now, and, and of course, by the way, of course she had to give me the address because I came here and I had flew here. So who am I, how am I, who am I going to tell the Uber to take me to? She wasn't picking me up from the airport, God forbid. So I get here, you know, so of course I looked it up. I saw what she paid. And so I said to my mother, I said, Ma, I said, the place is now. It's like they're like $100,000 more. I can't even believe it. And she said she knows. She knows. And, you know, it's not some big, fancy, expensive. You know what I'm saying? It's the, the prices are crazy. So there I am on the beach, you know, relaxing with my sister the other day. And, um, and I'm on my phone. And I was like, let me put in uh, Zillow, Florida, Naples, Florida, $100,000 maximum, you know? <laughs> ridiculous. Let me then, and then I was like, let me try 150,000 maximum price on and see what comes up. Literally like nothing came up, nothing. Um, you put under 200, a few things came up. I mean, everything is, the prices have gone crazy. My mother, she bought it just at the right time and good for her. It's a nice place. Um, you know, everybody's ancient here. That's fine. She's not ancient, but she, she, she just loves it here. Um, so, you know, she's already, talking about living here full-time. Of course she is. My mother, she's moved so many times my whole life. We Brooklyn, Staten Island, New Jersey, back to Staten Island. Then she moved back to New Jersey. I mean, like, Florida. Anyway. But it has been nice. Um, I'm, 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 I'm really, I, I, I know how lucky I am having an ex-husband that watched my daughters uh, for um, the whole week. And um of course, they're his kids too, but a lot of men wouldn't do that. So I am really appreciative. Um, and you know, it's this is the first time. This is it's so funny going away with your family, right? Because this is the first, my family for whatever. I don't know about your family, but we haven't gone on family vacations a lot. Like my parents got to, but when my parents got divorced, I was uh, seventeen, and we went on some. We went on family vacations up until then, but we weren't one of these families that went on like once a year, twice a year. You know, sort of like the the, the vacations. We went whenever we went. We went to places like Pennsylvania. We went to uh, Amish country. You know, we did. We went to Florida a few times. I think we went to Aruba once. Um, 
we went away, whatever, whatever they were able to afford. So, um, that was really like the last time I feel like I went away with my family. I feel like I was 17 year old kid. You know, I think I did one, maybe I did one trip with my mother and my, oh yes, I did one trip with my mother and my sisters. That's right. My, when I was in my early twenties, my mother booked a, one of these 1950s resorts in the, the Catskills and we were there and that was, <clears throat> That was a train wreck because there was on the Saturday night, the only thing to do was go listen to the polka band at the, the main room buffet. You know, it was real fun. So, um, so this is the first time I've been on vacation with my family in ages. And, uh, we had a nice time. Everybody got along for the most part. We did our own things. My, a note to self next time when I do this, rent a freaking car. My mother tells me when I booked the plane ticket, first of all, she was texting me every day like three weeks ago. Did you book your ticket? Did you book your ticket? Every day. Did you book your ticket? Did you book your ticket? Finally, I booked the ticket. Then she says, I have a car down there. You don't even have to worry about a car. I said, okay, great. Fabulous. I didn't think about booking a rental car. And, um, and then, you know, and then a week before I'm coming, if you can imagine, she says to me, you know, Elise, my car is very important to me. I have a car down there. I keep a car down there. So, you know, um, if you're going to want to go to the comedy clubs at night or something, you're going to, you know, you're going to have to get a car. I said, Ma, I said, no, I'm not going to be able to get a car. I said, now the cars are going to be so expensive. Lo and behold, I go, I look on, you know, Hertz, Costco. Who knew Costco had rental cars? And the rental car, you know how much it was they wanted at Costco for a rental car? $300 a day. That For a whole week, that's $2,000. I said, Ma, I could go buy a car for $2,000. I could buy a car for $2,000. You want me to go rent rent a car? For th- get the hell, I said, I'll stay at the Ritz-Carlton for that price in Florida. Get the hell out of here. I'm not buying a car. I said, I'll rent a car. I said, I'll just do an Uber. Well, you know. Uber in the suburbs, I mean, I don't know if you take Uber around where you live, but in Manhattan, when I usually take Uber, you know, Manhattan, the streets, first, second, third Avenue, very easy to follow. Here, God, the Uber takes, you know, 20 minutes to get to the house. And then in Florida, I don't know if all developments are like this, but you got to come through a gated thing. They got to put the code, the code rings, the cell phone, then the bar goes up. And then some entrances of this development have, you know, from uh, residents only, other entrances are for, for, for guests and visitors that have the code. So then the Uber guy's on the resident side and he has to leave and drive all the way around the highway to the other side. I just said to my mother, this is such a goddamn train wreck. I, I'm losing my mind here. Losing it! So, um, yeah, so I borrowed her car with my, me and my sister, we borrowed her car here and there and then we took Uber. So basically we had to get couch, you know, we had to give ourselves some space. Like we want to go to the beach, want to get to the beach at 10 AM. Okay. We got to call the Uber at nine, you know? And, um, so that was a little bit of a, a, a monkey wrench to say the least. Um, and my grandmother is, uh, like I said, she's 90 years old. I love her. She's always, you know, we're very close. We've always been close. And, um, in her, and, and she's been single for, for decades. My grandfather passed away. I think he was 54 when he passed away and my grandmother's 90. So she's been single all these years and, um, and she never wanted to get remarried or anything like that. And, um, what she loved, she, when she was younger in her sixties and in her seventies, she liked to travel. She liked to travel all over and she did a lot of traveling. You know, I think she did some of those Mario Perillo tours, which by the way are hilarious. And are they even still around? I think the sun does them. But anyway, she did some of those kind of tours. She went to Jerusalem. She went to the Holy Land. Like she really, she really, she did a lot of, she did did a lot of traveling in her sixties and seventies. But then, but then, you know, as she got older, she stopped all that kind of traveling and she likes going to the casino uh, in AC or, you know, wherever. And she spends a lot of time with my mother, my aunt and, you know, me, my sisters, her grandkids. 
but she loves to shop. My grandmother loves to shop. And I'm not talking, she doesn't like to like go to the mall and shop. She doesn't like to go to JCPenney and shop. She wants to go bargain basement shopping. She wants to go to, to Burlington Coat Factory and sit there and sift through the racks. And it's like, you know, when I was younger, before I had kids, you know, when I didn't value my free time, sure, I'd go to Burlington any day of the week, loving life in the, you know, in the ladies' department, sifting through rack by rack by rack by rack by rack. Now, I don't want to go to Burlington Coat Factory when I'm on vacation in Florida. I don't want to go to Home Goods. I don't want to go to TJ Maxx. I could go to TJ Maxx and Home Goods in Burlington any day of the week in New York. I have no interest in going here. And by the way, I don't have any extra money to shop like that. I have two kids and I'm a single mother, so I don't have disposable income to just, you know, waste on shoes that I find at TJ Maxx that are an eight and a half. And even though I'm a nine, maybe I'll fit in an eight and a half one day, you know, in the winter when my foot doesn't swell. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> so, but that's what she wanted to do. This whole trip, she wanted to go shopping. She loves it. She literally loves to shop. She's a shopaholic. And, you know, she's... um. And she's 90, so when you're 90 years old, I mean, Florida makes it very accessible for these older people to uh, do whatever they want to do. So, you know, they have... Um you know, they have the, the, the scooter, the motorized scooters. They have a little scooter parking lot. They have ramps. You know, all she has to do is get in the scooter and go. And, and she's off to the races in the stores. But, but she, has, uh, she has cataracts. And, and her her sight is going, so she can't read the price tags anymore. So once you go in the store with her, you have to, you know, you, you have to be in the store with her. She could go motor about all she wants, but you have to read the price tags to her and then read the, the label size. So it's really like a hands-on thing. And my mother did a mitzvah because my mother was, you know, there with her, taking her, schlepping her back and forth to the stores and walking around, reading her the price tags. And I did it a, a little bit here, but... You know, I mean, I feel selfish saying it. I kept saying to my mother and my sister, like whispering, I would say, I feel guilty saying this. I said, but like, I don't want to go to the store. I don't want to go to Marshall's. I don't want to go to Ross. I went to Ross. Everything's on the floor. <laughs> Literally, I went, into, I went into Ross. I walked into Ross with my mother and my grandmother. This is after we went to, you know, Home Goods and DSW and whatever. And I get to Ross and everything's on the floor. Literally the clothes, they're just on the floor. The the, 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 the people, they're running around. And I did go to Ross age, years ago. Actually, I went to California. When I was, when I was working um, 15 years ago, I had to go out to California for something. And uh, I actually took my grandmother with me because her old best friend from Brooklyn from when she was like 15 married somebody and moved out to California. It's like her only living friend. So I took her to California with me. And when I was in California, she said, let's go to Ross. And I didn't know Ross at the time so because we don't have it in New York. So I went to Ross and uh, for the first time in California. And, um, and I didn't think anything of it. But that was because I was younger. And I just thought, oh, you know, okay, it's a discount store. It's like a worse version of TJ Maxx nightmare, you know? But going to Ross now at this time in my life, when I have my only vacation, first time in three years, nah, not for me, not for me. I felt so guilty saying it, but what do you do? What do you do when you, when you have, um, you know, a, an older, an older relative, uh, just, you just gotta, you just gotta go. I, 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 I want to talk about that actually more, maybe on the next episode about the guilt I feel at least, um, with, you know, in regards to my grandmother being older and, and I, and like, how do you manage? But I don't want to get into it anyway. Now, because I want to tell you that I got on stage for the first time. Oh my God. That was a hoot, a hoo, hoo, hooty hoot. So Mike Marino, 
is um, a very popular Italian-American comic, and he tours all over the country, and he has a very big Italian following, and he's hilarious. And uh, he was down here at Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida, and he said to me, hey, Elise, you know, um, you want to, I know you're going to be down there, you want to open for me. And I was like, oh my God, I would love that. I totally would. And I don't have... I don't have tour dates like he does. I mean, Mike's, I don't know. I don't, I actually didn't ask him, but you know, I think he just recently got back on the road, you know, towards the end of this pandemic, hopefully the end. Um, so I don't have, I don't have dates like he has dates, but I got to open for him down here and it was so much fun and it was so much fun. Um, we didn't have a huge crowd. We, we didn't, it wasn't a huge, huge crowd. It was a Wednesday night. It was last night. I was doing one night only. He's going to be down here for the rest of the weekend, but I, I have to go home cause I've been here for a long time now, but, um, and it was really fun. It wasn't a huge crowd because it was Wednesday, but everybody that was there, we had a great time. Um, and, you know, it's funny for me, this was the first time uh, of being on stage uh, in 13 months indoors, indoors. So during the pandemic, I have done some, some spots. I did uh, a few outdoor things in Manhattan. I did some stuff in Staten Island and New Jersey outdoor, um, you know, and, and it was fine, but outdoor is weird because, you know, you're outdoors, there's noise, there's cars, there's acoustics, people are eating dinner. It was like a whole production and you could, there wasn't a stage. So this was the first time, um, being indoors on stage after 13 months. And let me tell you something. I was a little nervous. I got to be honest with you. I, um, when you do stand up night after night after night and you're on stage, you don't feel so nervous, obviously, going on stage. The stage is great. It's comfortable there. It's just like being anywhere else. But but after not being on the stage for, for, for 13 months, it's like a muscle, you know, and you, you, lose, you lose that sort of muscle, that chutzpah, or that chutzpah that comes along with the, the stand-up muscle. So um, it was a little, I was a little nervous to be honest. Um, and also I rewrote my act uh, during the pandemic. And so I also was doing some different stuff. Um, not new, but different. My, my old act, my old stand-up act, it used to talk just about uh, being an undercover Italian. That was my thing. I was uh, talking about being an undercover Italian. I would be, I was at work and I was all dressed corporate, you know, <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. And I would be there, you know, but doing my voice like, hi, yeah, oh, sure. You want to meet me in the conference room? That would be great. I'll be there in five. I'm just going to grab a drink from the kitchen. You know, and I would do all these, my work voice and my real voice and the whole thing. And it was fun and it was, you know, whatever. But then, but then I moved away from that. And during the pandemic, because we had so much time, I decided to write an act, um, you know, more about my life. So my act now is talking about being a single mother and dating and what that's like. And I talk about how, why, and how my marriage didn't work. And, and I talk about being a mother to my, um, two fancy British kids. And it's cute. You know, it's more like situational comedy sort of stuff. It's more like a sitcom sort of thing, as opposed to talking about, um, you know, uh, I don't know, more relatable sort of thing, comedy styles, but it's great. So I was a little nervous, but I went up there, I did my, my shtick and and it was great, and I'm so appreciative. There was people that came out, people that 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 I you know follow me on TikTok, and I'm so <clears throat> I almost feel guilty saying that people follow me on TikTok. I feel like it's almost like obnoxious to say that, but it's not, but it is true, right? I mean, it's true, but but um. So I like to just refer to everybody on TikTok as my friend. But people came, and I just was so flattered. I just am a regular girl, just like all of you girls and guys listening. So I just feel like one, you know, I'm just like, oh, hey, you're here, 
great. Me, I have no idea who this person is, but that's just because I can't believe it. You know? Anyway, it was funny. You know, it was funny though, was rehearsing for this thing, rehearsing for this thing. So, you know, I have the new material. It's the first time I'm on stage and I got to run my stuff. So I, I listened to my material on my uh, headphones, you know, if I'm in the condo with my family, but also I was at the beach and I was when, you know, I'm in the ocean cause it's so hot here and I'm in the ocean and uh, I'm doing my, my act in the ocean, you know, and, and, and people are looking at me like, oh, I'm a nut job. I mean, I got to tell you, and I would too, if all of a sudden I saw a lady in the ocean talking to herself, flailing her arms, you know, I'm like, I'm, 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 t- <laughs> My sister's like, what the hell are you doing, Elise? She's like, you look like a lunatic in the ocean. And I'm just like, well, people should know that I'm a comic and I'm rehearsing. And she's like, nobody thinks you're a comic. They think you're an absolute mad woman, Elise, a mad woman. You are in the ocean. All we see is the upper part of your body. And you are talking to the people sitting on the beach in their sand chairs. And you are using your arms and fl- up, going up high and opening your arms wide. And then you're making noises. She's like, you look like you need to be in an institution inside a room with white padding. And you want to know what? If somebody said to me, Miss, are you okay? I would say, I am a comic. I am just rehearsing. I am sorry if I am disturbing the peace around here. I wasn't loud. I wasn't screaming. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a maniac, but what the hell do you think the actors and actresses do? Where do they rehearse? Sure. They go into a room, into a studio and they rehearse the lines. But I, I, you know, I, I, I don't have that luxury here at my mother's live from the Lanai Conzo in Naples. So that was that. And that was fun. Let me tell you something. Okay. Let me tell you something about my grandmother. I want to go back to this. Okay. I got to tell you this. My grandmother, she likes to rule the roost, okay? And she likes to tell us all what to do. Okay, so here we are, you know, you know, we do it we're in the, you know, we're in day two, day three, four, the trip, whatever it is. She comes out of the bathroom, she tells me and my sister, she goes, Girls, I want to tell you something. We're like, watch. She goes, you're using too much toilet paper. Three squares per girl per visit. I said, I said, Ma. Is this really happening right now? I said, she's telling us how much toilet paper to use. Like, I'm going crazy here. And then, you know, she loved to tell us what to do. We're out to dinner one night. My mom, it was like an early dinner. You know, everything's the early bird special down here in Florida. And uh, we're out to dinner. And me and my sister, we actually had salads. And my mother and my grandmother, they had fish and chips. And my mother ate, I think, like, you know, like three small pieces of fish, I think, in the fish and chips. My mother went to go take, like, the first bite of her third and last piece of fish. And my grandmother said, put that down. You don't need to eat anymore. Put it down. You're full. You're full. Save it for tomorrow. And it's like, I said, I I, I was like, Nani, she wants to eat the, the, the you know, like what I want. And, and my mother's like, can you believe this? She's like, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm in my sixties. I have my mother telling me what I can and, and, and can't eat. Cause you know, God, what I'm going to get fat. And, and my, my grandma said, you always think it, you always think it's all about your weight. I'm just telling you, you should save it. Save it for tomorrow. I said, save it for what? God forbid something happens to us and there's no tomorrow. You might as well just eat it now. Eat the fish now. Eat the cake now, you know? <laughs> but that's the depression era. That's, that, that's the depression era mentality. Like, you know, rations, rations, rations. Me and my sister, we, um, one of the nights, we, 
Well, I think it was the was it the first night or the second night. I don't know. But my mother doesn't have food in this house. Of course, she doesn't have food in this house. She doesn't live here full time, and she just got it. So, so me and my sister were dying. Was dying, starving. It was like nine o'clock at night, and um, we wanted not the cold cuts that we bought at Publix. So um, we tried to order in, and there was no one's delivering. There's no places that were open and delivering and whatever. And I, what I should have done is really, I should have put a post on TikTok and asked people for, for recommendations, but I didn't even think of it. So my sister's like, let me pull up DoorDash. Oh, look, Elise, Chick-fil-A is delivering on DoorDash. I said, great, let's get that. Chick-fil-A does it well. Chick-fil-A, DoorDash. I should have known. Again, not Manhattan. So it take, it, it, the food came an hour, an hour after we ordered or an hour and a half after we ordered. And my grandmother, she comes over to us and she goes, you're going to you eat in this? You eating this kind of thing right now at 10.30 at night? She said, you better not go to sleep for hours. You better not go to sleep for hours because you're going to get fat. I'm going to make sure you stay up so you don't get fat. I mean, this literally, it was everything we go. Like, it was like, you can't, I can't go to the bathroom without being told how much toilet paper I'm allowed to use. On day five, I was told to go buy more toilet paper. I, I mean, the whole thing was just, it was fun, but it was crazy. And my grandmother, um, I mean, bless her, but God, when as... As, 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 as they get older, I'm just like, <sighs> anyway, one of my girlfriends texts me while I'm down here and, uh, and she says that she's, t- she was date she's talking to a guy. She goes, Elise, you're never going to believe this. I said, what? She goes, so I'm talking to this guy online. You know, she, they didn't meet yet. Talking to him online. And, uh, he, he, he asked me. Where, where do I travel to? And I told him that, no, you know, un, I told him, unfortunately, I don't really get around. I have kids, you know, I'm divorced, blah, blah. I don't really get around. And he said, oh, sorry, that that's not for me. And she said, Elise, she said, what do you think that is? Why do you think that these guys, they, they only want to date well-traveled women? And it made me think, I got into this whole text thing with her and it, it got me thinking about this idea of, of, um, picking partners, usually the second time around, I think. I mean, first time around, people think about being with somebody well-traveled. I think nowadays they do. I don't think like maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago it was as important. Um, But now everybody seems to be traveling everywhere on their own or whatever. And it made me think about how people do pick you do want somebody that is well-traveled. A lot of people want somebody that's well-traveled. And why? Why do we want that? Why didn't he want to date her? Well, first of all, he's an idiot because she's a great girl and she's a fabulous cook and she's an amazing mother and she looks great and good luck to you. You want to go find somebody that's been to Egypt six times? Great. Well, that can't cook a meal? Great. Fabulous. Good for you. Good luck to you. But I thought about it and I said to her, I said, well, she, I said, one, you need to change your profile a little, a little bit. I think you need to put on there on your profile, some of the things, some of the places you've been. Clearly, because she's, she's, she's missing out on, on, on some men. <clears throat> and it's not that she has, go, has been nowhere. It's not that she's been nowhere and hasn't seen anything. She just doesn't get a chance to go out often because she's a mom. So anyway, we got to talking and I thought, why do we like well-traveled partners? What is the deal? And, um, <clears throat> and I realized through my text conversation with her. Bunch of things. You tell me what you think about this. We, this is what we thought. It indicates financial liquidity. Being well-traveled indicates a sense of financial liquidity. It does. It also, which is, I think, more importantly than financial liquidity, it shows that you have some sort of sense of adventure beyond watching TV. 
Netflix and chilling. It shows like if you say I've been, you know, if you, if you're dating single and you put in your profile that, you know, you, you like to go, you've been skydiving, you know, here, or you like to do jet skiing here, or you like to hike it here. It shows, you know what? This girl's fun. She's open. She's open-minded. She's open for a good adventure. She's open for a good time. And, uh, and I think that being open, you know, to, to the partners, I was, t- you know, she was like, well, I guess that they see that also as being open to new experiences, you know, and, and that's a desirable quality. I said, yes. I said, so it's not like you're going to put in your dating profile. Hi, my name is Jessica and I'm open to new experiences and I am adventurous. Not say it, just show it. So you say things like, oh, I've been to the Himalayas a couple of times, you know, but, um, yeah. And, you know, I also think, uh, I told her, I said, you know, traveling gives you perspective. You know, it gives you perspective on the world. It shows you that, uh, how other people live and how, um, how, how they live and, and, and how they're culturally different and how more or less they have of you. And you also see, um, you know, uh, how lucky that you are, you know, especially us Americans and, I mean, if you live in a big city or even if you don't live in a big city, you live in a, in the suburbs, you have a big center hall colonial, you got a backyard with a pool and a, a, a garage and, and, you know, I mean, you go to some of these other countries and they, they don't have not, uh, not a sliver of that kind of thing. So it just shows you, it just shows, you know, like you, you appreciate and yada, yada. But, um, for me, the most important thing I said to her, I do like a man that's traveled, I do like a man that it, that's traveled, well-traveled, open to travel because it shows that they're able to get out of their comfort zone. That's it. It shows you're able to get out of your comfort zone. That That is important to me. And you know what? I don't know how compatible I would be with somebody that's not a, that doesn't want to get out of their comfort zone. I mean, what the hell? I basic, I'm just a mother from New York with a couple of kids that likes what she does in the corporate world, but could get her kicks from elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to get on stage and I'm just going to make myself feel uncomfortable until I get comfortable. And I'm just going to go. And I, I, and I think that traveling has the same thing. So, you know, it was funny. Um, I'm here and, uh, and my, and my girlfriend's texting about some traveling thing. And, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about that, but, uh, my ex-husband was, well-traveled, nice, been around, uh, but he's British. And I feel for whatever reason, the Brits, they're, they, they are, they are well-traveled. They're, they're, they are, they, they've gone a lot of places. My ex, he's lived in Australia and he, you know, spent time in China and, um, he, he, yeah, I don't know. I think he spent time in Fiji actually for a, a couple of months when he was young. They're just more global, global citizens, I guess, than, than us Americans. But um, I did my fair share of traveling. I, I studied abroad when I was younger, and I, and I, and I tried. I go. I try to go places as often as often as I could, particularly when I had, uh, when I was when I was not a mother, not when I was not not yet a mother. But um, yeah, you know. So you know what? If you're dating, if you're dating. I think you should optimize your profile and put that you love to travel or places that you've been. Even if you've been them, been to them 35 years ago, who cares? Who cares? It's all about appearances, right? And you can still talk about them. You could remember them even though you might have done it when you were 10. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> anyway, my flight is today. It's later today. And I... um. <clears throat> 
And I am, while I love Florida and I love the weather, by the way, um, one of my friends is in Pennsylvania and they said it's snowing in Pennsylvania. Can you die right here? It's like 90, it's snowing there. Anyway, while I love Florida and I've had a great time and I, and, and thank you to my mother for letting me stay at her condo, um, you know, cause you know how Italian mothers are, you gotta shout t- say how grateful you are 24 seven. You know what I'm saying? I am excited to go home. Every time I fly home to Manhattan, I, I, I automatically hear Barbara Streisand's, um, song the uh as if we never said goodbye you know that song as if we never said goodbye i forget what 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 show it's from but it's one of her songs and the the line in the song is uh i've come home at last and you know when she sings it on the stage it's just great because she sings i come home at last and her big barbara voice with her barbara gowns that diana that, that donna karen designs by the way they're very good friends and her barbara shies in long french manicured nails and she stands on stage and says i've come home at last and sings the song and it's great and that's how i feel when i touch down in the airport in manhattan anyway even if I've just been from Florida, which is basically, you know, like the backyard for all New Yorkers. You know what I'm saying? So that's that. That is that. And I don't have a product of the, the week today. I apologize. I think we should do Sumo Oranges as the product. If you see them in the store, let me know. Honestly, I think they are great. And also great are Cara Cara Oranges, which I'm sure you know. But I think that these, the Sumos, I like the Sumos better than Cara Caras. I'm curious to know your opinion. Let me know. Anyway, thank you all for listening. And I am going to have some dates soon. Well, at least with Mike, because he's going to take me um, around. He said he'll put me on. uh, He's doing Count Basie Theater in Red Bank and Governors out in Long Island. So I will be jumping on his um, tour, which is uh, Make America Italian Again, which I definitely appreciate. So uh, I will let you know when that is happening. Hopefully, I think he's back on April 13th and the dates maybe will start end of April, early May. So I hope to see you guys out there, meet you. In the meantime, have a wonderful rest of your day and week. And I hope that we talk soon. And as always, thank you for listening to me, Elise DeLucci. Talk to you soon. (music) Bye-bye.